Welcome to the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast, where we try to give a refreshingly candid take on the long-term fantasy value of football players throughout college and the NFL for all you Debbie League, Campus to Canton, and Dynasty fantasy football managers. We're just three friends who spent all our time talking fantasy anyway, so we figured why not get a few mics and capture our conversations. My name's Rick, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Josh Pecoraro and Jacob Ellis, a.k.a. Jealous. Welcome back to the show. It's Dirty Rick and the boys back again with some more <laughs> of that fantasy goodness. Today we'll be diving into some busts and sleepers, but before we do, let's check in with the boys here. Uh, Josh, how you doing today? Doing great. You know, uh, it's almost, uh, for those of you listening, I hope you had a happy 4th of July. We're pre-recording before the 4th of July holiday, so we get some uh, time off here to spend with our family. So looking forward to that. Just got done with my work week, day early, so looking forward to hitting the lake tomorrow. Having a couple beverages tonight to uh, celebrate and ease into the week. Do a little, little prep for the weekend. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. What uh, what kind of beverages you got? Well, the first one that I polished off pre-recording to get my uh, beer voice going. <laughs> get the juices the, uh, flowing. Juices flowing. Yeah, it's got a uh, Three Sheeps Fresh Coast IPA. Yum. Pretty solid. We uh, fiance and I were camping last weekend, so I ran out of beer as usual the uh, second night in. So I had to go to the liquor store and. Uh, <laughs> Up there, it was kind of slim pickings in the North Woods, so I uh, grabbed a Three Sheeps variety pack. So the next one I'm going for is called Chaos Pattern, a hazy IPA, and it is fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I'm jealous of that. That sounds phenomenal. It's, uh, it's been a hazy summer for me in more ways than one, but I uh, <laughs> love those hazy IPAs. A little hazed and confused? Maybe. You're just full of them today. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe, how how you doing? Thanks for the hand out there, uh, Dirty Rick. Good to, <laughs> good to hear that. I went with that name because I haven't showered in two days. Oh, boy. Yikes. Sure, Glad sure we are all remote that. right now. So that, that's going to transition life. perfectly into uh, some pretty big news for our host. That guy's getting married next weekend. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much his wife is going to like that if he's just going to not shower. But I'll, I'll shower once I'm living with her. Yeah, I hope so for her sake. Yeah. Um, I'm still working on that uh, that iced tea truly pack that I was oh, drinking yeah. last week. Um, I am on the raspberry flavor and it is not very good. <laughs> so yeah, that sounds it sounds like what raspberry it tea. Like. I don't know. I don't like raspberry things. I guess raspberry oh, vodka is not. That's for probably me. why you don't like tea. it. Right. So, okay. uh, still well, working on this, but unfortunately on. The fourth of the four flavors. Well, that off. is uh, good to know that you're almost at the end. Um, I have uh, something else that I'm sipping on today. Um, <laughs> We've been watching I, you struggle through that. Well, so I, yeah, yeah, I, I ran out of my Michelobes from the golf outing. So the only alcohol that I had in my apartment was uh, some Costco rum. So what oh, I decided you still to have do. That? I do. So oh. so what I what I did here was pour a shitload of frozen blueberries into a glass and then just pour rum on top of it. Um, what? So far, the blueberries what? have not really emitted any of their flavor, so it mostly just tastes like rum right now. Um, Are you trying I mean, to make I, like WAP in a glass? Is that what? Well, I'm just, I just wanted it to turn into like a blueberry rum and then I could eat the blueberries at the end. But I mean, so far, it just tastes like rum. Usually it takes like hours. Yeah, you have to do that like the day in advance. Stuff, uh, sit, not, so. Well, whoops. 
So <laughs> I, I came up with uh, two names for this drink. The first would be uh, a pirate without scurvy because, you know, the fruit keeps me from getting scurvy. Oh and the second would be a mistake. Uh, so we're going to see how that goes. I'm going to go with the mistake. Oh, I'm positive that is an accurate name for this. Uh, let's let's jump into some fantasy football talk here. I have uh, um, an announcement for our listeners oh. as well. Um, thanks to DJ Jelly Gel. For those of you listening on Spotify or Anchor, we are now on Apple Podcasts. So subscribe on Apple. Wanted to get that message out right away because I know that's my favorite listening platform to use. So you can subscribe on there and our podcast will jump in there every time it's released. Yep, that's, that's the same with me. That's the only place i listen to pods so when uh when we got that news that was incredibly exciting and uh you know that's only going to help us reach out you know reach more people and we'll you know we'll turn this into a you know a dynasty of a show oh yeah uh and thank you for that uh announcement because it bought me time to take a sip and then cringe for 30 seconds afterwards (laughs) so uh i will be taking advantage of those moments throughout the show uh, for now, uh, Real just like quick, this, tr- right, just while I've got my mind on this, what, thank you, Josh, <laughs> again for that plug. Uh, also, just an additional plug, Dead Arm, at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter and Instagram, hashtag DAS. Just had to get that out there as well. Okay. Well, uh, given that... Wait, uh, I want... Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, given this is going to be such a good segue, given that my uh, attempted mixed drink was a total bust, let's jump right into the busts that we hey, have picked like for it. this uh, coming fantasy season and also, you know, maybe some dynasty concerns out of these these uh, players, these backfields, these wide receiver cores, whatever it might be. Um, we have not shared these with each other in advance, so this will be fun to uh, react live here. Uh, Jealous, why don't we start with you? Hit us up with a bust. Who's uh, who's not going to perform the way that their um, you know, hype or, or ADP is projecting? My top bust, just especially going off of ADP, what I saw last year and some of the off-season change, off changes that the Steelers have made, Deontay Johnson, I'm not a fan. Uh, you know, I, I think that everybody knows Chase Claypool is the very clear number one receiver on that team. Big Ben... Last year, he could barely throw the ball more than eight yards downfield, and they had no running game. So Deontay Johnson did get quite a few targets, did get quite a few catches, uh, you know, on some of these shorter patterns. But it's just, I, Chase is going to have another, he's going to have one more year. Ben is, I don't think he's going to be gaining arm strength as he gets closer to 40. And the biggest reason is that they've got Najee. They just trapped Najee. They're going to use him. Oh, God, Rick. <laughs> I just saw his face in the Zoom. That was brutal. You're going to have to get used to it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the addition of Najee Harris into that backfield, they're gonna they're not going to be throwing the ball as much, especially in some of these shorter spaces where Deontay was used last year. So, And, again, they get Juju Smith-Schuster. He came back. Right he's going to be uh, Big Ben's favorite target eight yards down the field. Exactly. So where does Deontay Johnson exactly fit? You, I mean, Claypool's the most talented receiver on that team. Juju's going to do what he does, get a lot of receptions. That puts Johnson as that third receiver with less playing time with the return or with the addition of Najee. He's being drafted right now around that Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Pitts, Josh Allen, Cortland Sutton area, kind of in the mid-40s. 
I I personally have him below Claypool, and I have him below uh, Chris Carson as well. Who Carson right now is being drafted in the sixties. I would put. I would have Johnson below Chris Carson, below Claypool, and right now he's being drafted and ranked above those two players. Josh, you got any initial thoughts there? Um, I don't agree with that. So we've got some fireworks right out of the gate. Yeah. yeah. I, I like Deontay Johnson, actually, and Chase Claypool. I think they're going to be Big Ben's top two targets this year. He favored them last year. He saw a little bit of a slide from Juju, and Juju was actually on my bus list. So I'm glad you brought him up. We both agree that there's going to be a Steelers wide receiver that's a bust. However, I have that as Juju. <laughs> they brought him back on just a one-year deal just to bring him back. He signed because the wide receiver market was just garbage this year. I agree with yep. your takes on Big Ben. He's going to be not having as much arm strength again this year. He's at the probably the last year of his career. But I, I like Deontay Johnson plugging into that lineup, even with Najee Harris there. I think they're going to turn it over to the young guns again, kind of how we saw in history earlier on with um, when Heinz Ward kind of got phased out a little bit to the offense. Antonio Brown took that step up as a young guy bringing up their offense. So I, I – Agree to disagree on that. I do agree with you that it's a Steelers wide receiver to not draft, but I think that wide receiver to not draft is Juju. I I feel you both on this. Um, I I get where you're coming Pick a from. Side. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I I might at the end of this. Let me just talk through my my thoughts Sounds and good. and maybe I'll land on a side here. Um, I agree that Claypool is the most talented receiver in that core, uh, and I think that if not this year, then you know next year he will be for sure, the the number one on the Steelers uh, wide receiver group. Uh, and then, you know, Juju, he's going to be all right again. He's going to get a lot of short targets. He's going to get, he's going to rack up receptions and it's not going to turn into that many yards. Uh, but he will be used by Big Ben, who has a better rapport with him than the other two. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's mostly a question to me of how much does Ben have left. Um, this is not a uh, hindrance of... Deontay Johnson's dynasty value because Ben will probably only be around for this season. And then after that, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, a fresh arm coming in there who can start throwing deep balls again. Um, I, I'm not concerned about Deontay Johnson in a dynasty format, but in redraft, I doubt that he's going to end up on any of my teams. So I guess in that sense, I have to side with jealous for now. I guess I still just, even in dynasty, I'm still not a huge Deontay. I'm not going to be a big Deontay Johnson guy. I, so even when a year from now Juju's not on the Steelers anymore and they just have their their big one two receiver combo and a fresh quarterback to throw him the ball, you don't want to. Who's that quarterback going to be? Dwayne Haskins is the only one on that roster right now. I'm assuming they're going to draft one next year. We'll see. I <laughs> if they don't, then I have no idea what their plan is, and I don't want any part of that wide receiver core. I mean, I, I just I also just go back to the Najee piece. And he's going to be yeah. there, obviously, for the long for the long haul. So, yeah, I I would also say I wouldn't really want much to do with Juju either. So, I, I guess you know, basically put that whole Steelers wide receiver room onto that uh, onto the bust, you know, into that bust area if you want. But the one specifically that I think is going to fall off and that's being drafted a bit too high is is Deontay. Let's use that as a segue to Josh talking about Juju as a bust. What do you think? I mean, I just I don't see it. I mean, like you guys are saying that, oh, 
Big Ben likes to throw to Juju those eight yards. Well, that's where Najee's going to come in too. He's going to be running out of the backfield, catching those short yard passages and trying to do some. <laughs> Rick, your face is just, for those listening, Eric <laughs> is just struggling to drink his drink right now. And it is hilarious over <laughs> Zoom. But um, no, I think that's where Najee's going to come in and take away some of those short yard passes from Big Ben. I think he's the one, Juju's going to be the one that takes the biggest hit with this. They brought, like I said, they're not tied to him after this year. Big Ben's got his rapport with him, but Big Ben had some rapport with Claypool last year and Deontay as well. So, yeah, that's what I, I stand. Yeah, I, I feel you there. And on a redraft basis, I definitely agree. Juju is not someone that I want at all. Um, in Dynasty, as a Juju owner, uh, I'm still hopeful that after this year when he is no longer a Steeler and signed somewhere else, that maybe he can have a quarterback who can better utilize his talents. Uh, I, that's me being hopeful because I want to win. Uh, do I know for sure that's going to happen? Absolutely not. So the I, I guess my question is, that Josh, do you see him as a, as a dynasty bust as well, or is this more a redraft bust? I am not touching him really for dynasty purposes either, just because it scares me not knowing where he's going to end up next year. I mean, sure. I think this year, based on my redraft perspective from it, I'm not touching him because I don't like him in Pittsburgh right now. And if I don't want him this year in redraft, I'm not going to draft him in dynasty this year and have him just kind of sit on my bench, hoping that he gets to a good landing spot next year. I, I, I'm not, I'm not in on Juju. Sure. Yep. That's, that's fair. Um, and I, I, I can agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, not that this is the same situation, but kind of similar was last year in, in the middle of the season, I picked up Curtis Samuel off the waiver wire, knowing that it was going to be his last year in Carolina just crossing my fingers that it might work out well. And in my case, it did. He, he went to Washington, and I think that's going to be great for Curtis Samuel. Not that those two players are the same, but they have kind of similar play styles. Um, just, just thinking out loud for people who are making that decision whether to stash a guy for a while. It can pay off, but it's a risk for sure. Absolutely. Uh, in that case, I will jump into my first uh, bust pick, which is uh, every running back in Tampa Bay. Uh, which now includes Leonard Fournette, uh, Ronald Jones, Gio Bernard, and Keyshawn Vaughn. They're, this, this is a team built for winning Super Bowls, not for uh, consistent fantasy production. And when Tom Brady is at the quarterback position and he's going to sort of handpick exactly how this offense is going to work all season, I would expect not anything different than what we saw in New England for so long, which is that you can't really rely on one running back very much very very often in no single week are you going to know who to play unless the other guys are all hurt Gio is going to get his passing work Keyshawn Vaughn's going to get a few touches here and there and then Fournette and Rojo are going to split the actual ground pound you know run game carries and I think that the result is that none of them are going to be very useful none of them are going to have a ton of touchdowns Brady's going to be throwing plenty to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in in the end zone I'm just I, there's a 0% chance that I will have any Tampa Bay running back on any team in Dynasty or Redraft. There's just no way that I can justify that. Yeah, I mean, we saw last year with once uh, Fournette joined that, you know, once he was signed by the Bucks, it basically made both him and Rojo pretty much, you know, somewhat useless. Uh, they Because of exactly what you just said. Splitting time... Uh, and then, and then the addition of Gio Bernard to that backfield, you know, he's going to get a lot of those 
He's going to get passing touches. They didn't really have a receiving back or not much for one last year. We know how much Brady likes to use Bernard or likes to use his, you know, his receiving running backs, the James yeah. Whites of the world. So Gio Bernard's going to get playing time for that. That's just going to take away from Fournette, from Ronald Jones. And then, yeah, like you said, throwing Keyshawn Vaughn in there too. His college tape didn't really per- like do much for me, Keyshawn Vaughn, but obviously, obviously, uh, Tampa saw something in him. So you've got four backs back there. I wouldn't be shocked if one of them, met, you know, who knows what Fournette's situation is going to be in terms of, you know, I mean, I think he's just on another one-year deal. Right. So they're obviously not too committed to him. And then same thing, dynasty-wise, I Fournette would be, you know, he doesn't produce in the running or in the passing game. Rojo's never been spectacular. Bernard's 29, I believe. That sounds so, right. As on a, on a in a dynasty format as well, I'm not I'm not too high on any of those guys. Yeah, I really don't have much more to add. I honestly can't remember the last time I owned a, or had a uh, Tampa Bay Bunny running back in my Tampa Bay Bunny. Is that teams. what I just heard there? Tampa Bay Bunny backs. Yep. <laughs> you, I, mean, I think pretty much what I'm the, viewing uh, them as. I mean, I'm I'm not having them on any of my teams either. So you were thinking about the muscle hamster Doug Martin and when yeah. he used to tear you a new one ten years ago. Oh, yeah. Yep. I remember those days all too team, well. But, oh, yeah. but <laughs> No, I, I agree with your take, Al. Bernard's going to take a lot of the passing down work, which really limits the two starters in Fournette and Ronald Jones. We've seen committees work for fantasy, a.k.a. the San Francisco 49ers. You can, yeah. If you can pick and choose which of those running backs to plug into your lineup and they hit, it's going to be awesome. But I think even if you pick the Tampa Bay running back that is going to be the starter and have the better of the game – it's not a fantasy winning week. It might get you by, but it's it's a not flex be player great. at best. But at the same at time, best. I mean, you, you know, even New England, they would pick, they would, you know, they would rotate between backs every week. One week it would be James White getting the majority of the of the touches. The next week it'd mm-hmm. be Michelle, you know. It, so, but but that's so even if you pick and choose with you know uh, New England running backs, you don't really have that same luxury with Tampa backs. Seems like they just pretty much are going to get pretty equal playing time, rendering them all somewhat useless. Yeah, and they're going to be – It's you're going to have to pick which one's going to get a touchdown. That's the only way you're going to survive if you have one of the Tampa running backs is they're going to have to – they're going to be touchdown dependent. Yep, it it – it's a perfectly fine strategy for trying to win a Super Bowl, and it sucks ass for us trying to win (laughs) fantasy football championships. Um Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, Jell, you're up next. Hit me with another bust on your list. I go back to well, so I almost jumped in and wanted to jump in when you mentioned Curtis Samuel leaving the Panthers and how you looked at that as a plus. I'm gonna pick a Panther, another Panther that I think is gonna be a bust this year, and that's DJ Moore. Interesting. Just attacking my dynasty team. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got Christian McCaffrey obviously coming back. He's going to get, you know, he's getting paid a ton of money. They're going to use the hell out of him and he's going to have fresh legs. Assuming he can stay healthy, they're going to, you know, they're going to ride him hard. They still got Robbie Anderson. So there's still other mouths to feed out there besides McCaffrey. And they did also just add Chuba and Terrace Marshall in the draft. I I mean, Marshall's going to get targets. Chuba probably won't be much of a factor in terms of taking away, uh, you know, targets from dj Moore, but it's just one other mouth 
one other mouth to feed. Last thing, as we all know, you know, I think we all view Sam Darnold as an upgrade over Teddy from last year, but there's nothing guaranteed with Darnold. So I'm just not too hot on him. He's being drafted right now in the low 30s. You know, he's he's around that Chase, uh, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Allen Robinson. These are all guys that I would value much higher than DJ Moore. I have, I've got more probably closer to like the mid-50s. You know, once you get behind Cortland Sutton, one of that's Rick's boy. Yeah. Uh, Josh Jacobs, Dev- Javante Williams. That's more of where I see more being, you know, if I wanted him on my team, which obviously I am not high on him, so I don't. Uh, but if I were picking him, that's where I would, you know, start to consider uh, drafting him there in kind of that like 50, 55, 60 range. Again, I'm going to strongly disagree with you, Jell. For one of the points that you actually made is that we can all agree that Sam Darnold is an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater, correct? Right. Would you guys agree? Yeah, it might not be a big one, but yeah. And Teddy Bridgewater supported three wide receivers last year in that offense. Granted, Christian McCaffrey was out, but Teddy Bridgewater is not that great of a quarterback. I think Sam Darnold is going to be able to support three wide receivers again. You got Terrace Marshall there, however rookie wide receiver it's going to take him a little bit to get acclimated he's going to start off as that wide receiver three um darnold has that rapport with sam darnold however i still think dj moore is a good threat to have in that offense i think that offense is going to be up and coming now with mccaffrey back taking off some of the pressure from the passing game and i mean last year dj moore he only had four touchdowns i mean i I think he'll have more than four touchdowns this year, which will make his fantasy points go up even more. He had just shy of 1,200 yards, four touchdowns with Teddy Bridgewater throwing him the ball. Uh, just just one correction for the listeners. As much as I know that Darnold does have good rapport with Darnold, I think oh, what... I meant uh, Robbie Anderson. <laughs> what we my meant bad. there was Robbie Anderson. <laughs> no worries. Um, my bad. So so that, that makes me curious. I, I'm just looking at some ADP stuff here. Uh who would you guys rather have? And jealous, I mostly want to hear your takes on this. Uh, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen. I would go. I think Lockett's the only one I would put in front of DJ Moore there. Otherwise, I'd rather have DJ Moore. I would go Lockett, and I would put Moore basically. I mean, we know what Thielen did last year, which he put up 14 touchdowns, so his numbers looked incredible. I there's not a chance that he's going to maintain no. that. Especially in, in Dynasty, I would probably take more just because Thielen is getting further up there in age and and he's got Justin Jefferson to compete with on a weekly basis. On redraft, I would go I would put Thielen ahead of more right now. And I would say I would take Lockett ahead of more. Obviously you guys know how I feel about Deontay Johnson, so we can ignore him. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I would still, I would still go two of those three guys over over DJ. So what's what's interesting about that particular group is that, based on ADP right now, uh, Tyler Lockett is actually the lowest of those four. I know. Yeah. So Crazy. so that's that's uh, just interesting that you know there's that big of a disparity 
uh, five wide receivers worth between Lockett and Moore, and both of you said you would take DJ Moore over Tyler Lockett. Or, I mean, flip flip Jeez, that. Yeah, uh, I, I think Tyler Lockett, though, everybody just kind of got burned by him. He came on so strong last year, yeah. and then it was so hit or miss. It was the all consistency or nothing with him. was just nuts. terrible. Yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with a with a new OC out in Seattle um, that wants to run the ball. Right. Yes that that <laughs> will uh, that will come up again later. Um, but uh, any any other thoughts on on our our current bust pick here before we move on? Okay, I, I, I've said my piece. All right, Josh, you up then? What uh, what you got for a bust candidate? Um, I think this will be one that we can all agree on. I don't have too much to say. I just want to just reverberate this again because I feel like this is a player we talk about every single episode. But do not draft Miles Sanders in the third round, please. Yep. Just just don't do it. Yep. He's you got Jalen Hurts there, which they're going to try and get him the to run the ball a lot more, especially inside their tens and. It's going to take a lot away from Miles Sanders, so you just—he's somebody you just don't want to take a chance on. And if it does come back to bite me, then so be it. I'd rather take somebody else in the third round that I know isn't going to have a chance to bust for me. Third round is is obviously too high, way too high. Let somebody else do it. If if he's going to be taken in the third, don't let it be you. Yeah, this is just way too big of a risk, and. By risk, I mean that there's almost no chance that Miles Sanders succeeds at returning a third-round value this year. And even going forward, the, the Eagles team isn't going to change in a way that gives Miles Sanders more opportunity in the future. So dynasty-wise, downgrade him just the same as you would redraft. This is not the year or the time for Miles Sanders. There might never be a time for Miles Sanders to totally blow up into a workhorse like we all thought could have happened two years ago. Um so yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You guys got any other uh, any th- other thoughts on Miles Sanders or we just we, we, we've touched on him over the last few episodes. Yeah. I think we pretty yeah. much made That's our thoughts I, clear. All right, <laughs> yeah. Fair I enough. just I just wanted to make sure that the listeners knew where we all stand and to avoid Miles Sanders. So if you yeah. want more in depth takes, yeah, listen to our prior episodes. Okay, fair enough. Um, in that case, uh, I I really wanted to find a bust candidate that. I thought was, you know, a pretty highly ranked player and I could I could find a reason that they're not ever going to land on my team and I landed on Chris Godwin. So I'm back in Tampa Bay here. Um You're just hating. I, well, I'm hating because the way that Brady plays football means that fantasy is very unpredictable. Um looking at Chris Godwin's stats from 2019 to 2020 going from James Winston to Tom Brady, he went from a uh, little over eight and a half targets per game in 2019 to seven in 2020. His yards per game dropped from 95 to 70. Looking at Tampa Bay now and looking at how they were last year, there's a lot of mouths to feed. You got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but then you got Tyler Johnson. They just drafted another rookie receiver, if I remember right. Help me on the name. I'm I'm forgetting who it is. Uh, is it Tyler Johnson. No, he he was last year's rookie. Last year's they, um, they picked another uh, one. Oh my gosh, I know who you're talking about too. Yeah, I can't think of who you're talking. We'll about. figure it out. Uh, point is, I'll vet it. But between the uh, the collection of running backs that we already touched on and all of these wide receivers, there are way too many mouths to feed. Antonio Brown's still there on another one year contract. Their goal is to win. Their goal is not to force feed Mike Evans and Chris Godwin the way that Jameis Winston did. They still got AB too. Yep, yep. Just so Jalen Darden 
That's the guy, Jalen Darden. There's there's so many mouths to feed in Tampa Bay, and my concern is that Chris Godwin, despite his his talent, I'm not doubting his talent at all, and I don't think from a dynasty perspective I'm all that worried because Brady will not be around that much longer. I don't think so. You know, well, redraft yeah, especially. Well, you never know. But. I know. Yeah, he's a vegan, so he could last forever. But uh, <laughs> as far as redraft <laughs> is concerned. Smoothies. There's there's no chance that I'm going to be touching Chris Godwin because I cannot trust what Tampa is going to do on offense ever. They're going to score plenty of points, but it's going to go to everyone at totally unpredictable times. I just want no part of that offense, unless maybe it's Tom Brady. I'm fine with that as your you know later round QB, but I I struggle to to consider Chris Godwin as even meeting his ADP right now for this season. Dynasty, of course, things could change in the future, but because it's unpredictable, I don't want to go that route either, given the ADP you'd have to spend on them. Yeah, I I agree with you completely on that. Tampa Bay's offense is one that I don't feel comfortable having anybody on other than Tom Brady as a late-round quarterback. Like you said, Eric, they're going to be spreading the ball around. You don't know who's going to have the big game. I mean, that even includes Mike Evans. I mean, I love all of their players and receivers personally. Like, not personally, but like each individually but in that offense like you had touched on earlier when we were touching on the running backs they're built to win the super bowl and go after super bowls not to help out fantasy at all the only player on their offense i think i would take a chance on later in a redraft format that i know you were out on eric because of his character is antonio brown just with how late he's going you could take a flyer on him and he could end up being their wide receiver one and you could get him in the double digit rounds of your draft if you don't mind somebody with a not so great character off of the field but that's the only one you've got a full off season now with him building up in that offense he came in in the middle of the season last year played limited amount of games he's one that maybe i would take a flyer on later on but yeah otherwise i'm i'm out on their wide receivers too yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at right now these ADPs and Chris Godwin right now is slotted in the early 30s ahead of guys like Allen Robinson who he's going to have a better QB situation this year whether it's Dalton, whether it's Fields and obviously yeah. a And you great know he's QB their number one option forward. too. He's their number yeah, he'll one be option. He'll be the ball. No yep. question. And then he's also and then they've also got Godwin, he's being drafted ahead of Amari Cooper as well. I know people don't love Amari Cooper, but because he is just such a, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get to him possession by possession. There's going to be, t- you know, he's super flaky. There are times when he just quits on routes or just quits on possessions. I remember last year there was a big third down in the red zone and he wasn't on the field. They just put out their, they just put out their CD and uh, shit. Their third uh, Gallup. Michael Gallup. And Cooper should be given his payday, given his five-year, $100 million contract. He needs to be out on the field, but they don't trust him because he's a flake, and he just quits on, you know, quits on routes, quits on balls that he doesn't think he can get to, and that's shitty. But Is he, a he does put up, but he does still put up, you know, pretty steady numbers, I think he, you know, so I, I mean, if you have Godwin or Cooper, I think you have to take Cooper. So I'm not completely out on Godwin like you guys seem to be at least as much, but I think he's being drafted plenty too high. Well, and for that reason, that's why I'm out. Like yeah, there's just yeah, no, yeah. there's yeah. just no chance he'll land on my team. I, I don't, if I already had a team that had Godwin on it, I'm not going to try and trade him now. That would be 
the wrong time to trade. You don't trade low and buy high. So, um, yeah, if you have Godwin, keep him because, you know, dynasty value is still good for him. He's got a bright future. He's a super talented player. But this year, I'm concerned. And if you're doing a fresh dynasty draft, there's other guys that you can take who will be more consistent now and also have a bright future at the same draft spot. That's just something else to consider with every any Bucks receiver. Do you believe in Kyle Trask? Because he's the guy that's yeah. in line after Brady. Reports have they said he actually is looking round. halfway decent. Yeah, I mean, I and I, I'm not saying that he's gonna be trash, Kyle Trash, as as uh, dirty. <laughs> I will. Rick. I'll like, stand by the Kyle real Trash. creative nickname. Uh, <laughs> but just something to consider if you're if you're high on him or not. Eric, I have a hypothetical for you. Another receiver that we're all very skeptical of this year is also being drafted relatively similar spot would you rather have chris godwin on your team or kenny galladay oh uh are we talking dynasty or redraft um you can give your opinion on both uh dynasty give me chris godwin all day and redraft i will take oh that's good that's good yeah it's tough because i mean Mm. they're falling in similar spots and you're drafting them in a spot you really don't want to. I mean, it, realistically, I'm probably out on both guys, but if it came down to it, I'd, yeah, I I think I'm Chris Godwin for Dynasty, and I might even be redraft-wise too, just with Tom Brady as a quarterback. I think I'm... I'm, I'm really I'm, torn on redraft. That's really, that's really good, but I probably have to side on with Josh here. I would probably go Godwin. In both I guess. redraft and obviously for sure in dynasty, um, but redraft it's probably a, it's a bit of a toss up. I would just lean Godwin because I'm pretty much out on Galladay. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I guess redraft. I'm probably picking Godwin too, just in the hopes that he turns out to be the wide receiver one on the team. But like, like last year, you know, Mike Evans had what 13 touchdowns. He was the red zone guy. And Mm -hmm. the yards were totally spread out among all of the guys, which meant that Godwin had his worst season in a few years now. So I I mean, it's got to fall right for Godwin. Godwin's talent. It's just a matter of of share time. You know, they just have to give him the ball. Was last year the year that Mike Evans had the like game where he had like three yards, but had like two touchdowns. Uh, He actually had two separate games, both of which had two yards. One of which had one touchdown. The other had two. Okay. And in those two Ridiculous. games, he combined for three receptions <laughs> and three touchdowns. That was week one and, and three. Three yards? <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, combined four three, yards. Four, four yards, yards over okay. two games. Uh, yeah, so Mike Evans had a weird season last That's year. That's insane. Uh, I do want to throw out a fun fact about our sponsor, Mike Evans. Uh, he has the, <laughs> mo- <laughs> the he has the most consecutive 1,000-yard seasons receiving of any player in history, which is all seven of his seasons that he's been in the league so if he does it again he will just continue crushing that same record over i've over. still got my jersey so i'm still holding out hope oh for you him. do have Had a mike evans jersey the collar is nice and wrinkled now a little bacon oh, that's neck a, that's beautiful love <laughs> gotta love the love bacon a, neck. <laughs> a bacon neck on a football jersey is what we so all bad. strive to have looks so bad <laughs> let's uh let's let's move on uh you guys got some more bus candidates you want to touch on josh what are you thinking um, yeah, I've got a guy going redraft-wise in the middle of the 10th round, just had a bomb season last year. There's no arguing it, but I am completely out on Robert Tanyan. I just, his touchdown regression is going to go way down. 
You've got the whole issue with is Aaron Rodgers going to be there? Is he not going to be there? I think the Lazard is going to take a step up like we had mentioned in our last year talking. Ellis had brought him up. Um, and I I just don't think you're going to see the touchdowns from Tanyan, which is going to have him drop back into that tight end, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 range, which I I don't know. I mean, you can take a shot on him with how late he's being drafted, but he's just somebody that's off my board. I I don't want any part of him this year. Yeah, I, mean, Joe, I you're think a everybody fan. has the same exact feelings as you do, so I don't know if he's necessarily being overdrafted, but there is no question there is going to be a regression given that he – I mean, he put up insane touchdown numbers, and that's pretty much the only time he's being used. He's not being used in the middle of the field. So, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm agreeing with you there, Josh. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I guess not as much bust, but he's just somebody that is off my draft board. I'm not going to have him in any any of my leagues. Jail, is there a chance you land Bobby Funyuns on your on your team at some point this year? I picked him up off waivers last year. That would be that was phenomenal. But there you go. In terms that's a good of drafting him. I I probably not i you know i i would take him for some tight end depth but i'm not uh i'm not gonna take him with a high pick or anything like that yeah i think once we get into the sleeper portion uh dirty rick's gonna bring up somebody i'd rather have over him so that's fair um little spoiler alert for the listeners i think that i think that the scenario i hardly know her (laughs) (laughs) i think that the scenario in which i would end up with funyuns on my team is if I was, you know, going through my normal strategy, which is to have a, a very good tight end on my team, and I missed it because I got greedy, and the result is that I have to pick two guys later on and hope that hope one of one the of two hits. hits. Yeah. That's where I would pick Funyuns as one of my two, and then I'd grab another similar guy like someone we'll talk about later in the sleepers and hope that one of the two hits because I'm sure that matchup-based you know, uh, starting lineups, you can plug one of one of two guys in to fulfill your your tight end needs all season long if Tunyon's one of them and you just happen to have another guy who's pretty good too. Um, that's where I fall. I think we're kind of all on the same page there. Uh, let's let's roll on to the next one. Jell, you got another bus for us? I got one more that I, I'll just touch on real quick. I think that people are... I got Jalen Waddle on somebody that I think... I will let somebody else pick. Uh, there's, you know, in in both Dynasty and redrafts, not that I am think he's going to be absolute trash, but when I start hearing compar- comparisons to him and Tyreek Hill, I think that's insane. They have, a, they have that speed, obviously, both of them, but Tyreek Hill has, his ball skills are insane. The fact that he puts up crazy numbers every week I just don't see Waddle being able to do that, especially with Tua as as his QB. I think that the fact that they played together at Alabama, people are really overvaluing that. That seems to be a topic that comes up over and over again, and I just don't see how that would how that how that is as valuable as some people are making it out to be. They didn't play together that much. And then <laughs> once Tua got drafted and Mac Jones took over for Tua, Waddle says after this after the college football season that Mac was a better quarterback. So I don't think that Tua's gonna appreciate that too much. Obviously he was okay with them drafting him, and I'm sure 
I'm sure Waddle was just trying to do Mac a favor to make sure he gets drafted in the first round, but he's going ahead right now. He's going ahead of guys like another guy that we talked about, Tyler Lockett already, going ahead of a guy that a running back I really like in Trey Sermon in Dynasty in uh, Dynasty drafts. So I think, I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to be absolute trash, but I think he's being overdrafted. I would, I'd agree with you completely there, Ellis. There's a lot of mouths to feed with that wide receiver core, including the tight end position too. You got Waddle there, you got Will Fuller, um, you got Devonta Parker, Mike Gesicki there. Yeah, Gesicki really solid. So yeah, he was solid last year for the most part. He was somebody you could plug in each week and get some production from. And the biggest key with Waddle is Tua. I mean, what what Tua is going to show up this year? We haven't seen him show his Alabama side at all last year. I mean, he was struggling a lot at times. They benched him to go back to Fitzpatrick at times when Tua was named the starter. I mean, you just you can't trust anybody, especially a rookie wide receiver coming in right now in an offense that the quarterback is unproven. Yeah, I I totally agree. I, I'm curious then, like, when I was looking at busts, I was trying to avoid the guys that, that every other you know, website and uh, podcast is going to hit on, which is, you know, your Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Swift, uh, Will Fuller being one of them. In a redraft, in a redraft, would you rather have Flying V or Jalen Waddle? Flying V without a doubt. I disagree. I would probably rather have Waddle because I don't think Will Fuller is going to play 16 games. Well, well, we already know. Well, that he he's won't. Not because we, well, he's already going into the year with a suspension. And it's a seventeen-game yeah, schedule. Yeah, no, no, so he it could still could be 16. sixteen. That's real. <laughs> okay, well, I don't think he's going to play sixteen still. I That's th- fair. I mean, he's he's gotten hurt every year. He's plenty yeah. talented, but he can't stay on the field. So, in for that reason, I would rather have Waddle. But true, but Waddle's but, coming off of an injury that sidelined him all of his college season last year. And it, yeah, true. It's an ankle, though. I mean, it you know that that stuff tends to heal, and he did play in the title game and show that he was he seemed healthy. The thing with with flying V, it seems to be hamstrings and quads, that soft tissue shit, and that stuff mm-hmm. doesn't really ever go away. So I really struggle to see. I I highly doubt he's going to get another. Well, we know it won't be seventeen games, but post suspension, I struggle him. I struggle seeing him playing every Sunday, or Monday, or Thursday, or Saturday. That's fair. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. I think between the two, in a redraft, I want I want. Will Fuller, because if I know that he's going into a game healthy, then I feel comfortable that I can flex him if I have to. Whereas, I because of where I have to draft him, I don't need to rely on him week in, week out. Or at least if I do everything right, I won't have to. Um, so that would be my reason in a redraft for Fuller. Otherwise, it's obviously uh, Jalen Waddle. Any other thoughts there before we move on to uh, one last bust here? Let's go. Okay. Let's roll. Uh, I want to just call out the Patriots passing game. Uh, it, so so far, uh, reports out of camp are very average for Mac Jones. We see a mix of he doesn't seem to be as accurate as he was hyped up to be, and some moments where he's you know looking looking great and all that fun stuff because beat writers like to tell everyone that everything's good sometimes. Uh, even if Mac Jones does start. Or, obviously, Cam, who has had a recent history of not being able to throw very well. 
I want nobody who is catching passes out of New England. That includes their very highly paid and very, you know, talented tight ends in Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry. And that especially means uh, Nelson Aguilar. I, if I can, I would like to avoid anyone in the Patriots pass catching department because if Cam starts, there's no chance that any of them are going to live up to the the potential that their actual talent reflects. And if Mac Jones starts, it sounds like it's not going to be that much better right now. So I'm totally out on all of those guys at their current ADPs. Well, I think any, we can any... all agree that Mac looks amazing in that number 50 jersey. <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw Fact. him, it looked like he looked like, you know, he was supposed to be a ball boy or something. Then I found out, oh, shoot, that's their first round pick. I think he's doing that to confuse the defense. They're like, oh, we already got somebody rushing the quarterback. We don't, we can lay off now. That linebacker's right in the middle of the pocket. <laughs> yeah. I, All right. No, so, I mean, but but in terms of you know having any of those receivers, I would I would absolutely stay away from the wide receivers. I guess I would consider Janu or Hunter Henry over. You know, before I would you know consider any any you know Aglor or any of the other number of guys that they picked up this year uh, in free agency. Which receiver? I mean, which tight end? Which tight end do you want out of those two? I would have rather have Janu. I go back to health as well with Hunter Henry. Well, that's that's the same same exact thing that I was talking about with Fuller. I yep. I and I think I mean Henry is a crazy talented receiving tight end, and I think what they're trying to do is build that you know build back that Gronk Aaron Hernandez type of thing. I think that's what Belichick wants to do with less murdering. Uh, yeah, which one's Hernandez out of those two? That would be, I think oh that would gosh. be Henry. Uh, but, <laughs> what? <laughs> you never know. You were so ready with that answer. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no hesitation. <laughs> but uh, I, I would, I would rather have one of their tight ends than any of their wideouts. I, we did see Cam and Greg Olson put up a few good years, so I think Cam does like to use that tight end. But again, he. He's not the same QB, obviously, that he was in Carolina, especially in his early days. If you got, if you just look at his throwing motion after he had his soldier surgery, which was last year, or so last he had it in the off season the previous or the season before, so last year was his first yep. year after that shoulder surgery, and you could see he cannot, he can't bring the ball back past his shoulder, so he just doesn't have the same arm, even close to that arm strength that he had in Carolina or at Auburn. I think that's why I would stay away from the wide receivers, why it gives me a little bit more hope that these tight ends could see some more targets because they're going to be in the middle of the field. They're going to be running shorter patterns, that kind of stuff. But I'm not super high on either of them either. And if Mac Jones is on the field, I'm out on I'm out on all all their the rest of their offense. See, I side with you a little bit jealous, but I I agree with you with the tight end position. I would take a chance on one of the tight ends. I To me, it's a coin flip, whichever one I can get a little bit later as my second tight end in the draft. I am more confident, I think, with them, with Mac Jones behind center than I would be with Cam Newton. And the only reason that I'm going to say that is because of Bill Belichick. He's no spring chicken anymore. As soon as Mac Jones takes over that offense, he's going to want to see what they have in Mac Jones and let him start throwing the ball around. Because he is not going to be coaching a ton longer and he doesn't want to go out with some five and what five and 12 seasons now and different things like that he's going to want the offense to turn it around he's going to want mac jones to see what he's got in the kid 
And I think you're going to end up finding somebody later on in the season, maybe the second half, that's going to end up emerging and being a waiver wire pickup that can help you win a couple weeks or at least plug into your flex spot later on in the season once Mac gets a little bit more comfortable with the offense. Now, I'm not saying Mac Jones is going to be the next Tom Brady or anything like that, but I think you'll see more production once he takes over after a couple weeks um, just because they're going to want to see what they have in him. Yeah, I, I think I side with you there, Josh. Um, I on a side note, I've been alive for almost three decades, and I don't think I've ever thought of Bill Belichick as a spring chicken. Um, but so I he's love definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the comparison. I, I bet that even at fucking twenty five years old, Bill was just you know in his press conferences just we just gotta we just gotta run the ball harder. We just gotta do a little better there. We're on to yeah. Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm gonna catch this. Uh, Today, Tom Brady announced that he has now he's an official uh, voice of Subway right after Belichick last year started oh, doing Subway man. commercials. Now Brady's like Brady's just trying <laughs> no, to take everything away from Bill. He's took he's taken away. <laughs> he took away, obviously, himself. He took away Gronk. He took away that entire dynasty that Bill had built. You know, is, is Bill married? I would think so. I guess I'm I just concerned for his out, wife like, at this know, point. I don't see him like on Tinder, you know, swipe right, well, right, swipe but... right, trying to find a partner. So I would assume so. <laughs> there was that one draft at home where it was just him and his dog. So I just wasn't sure. That was but I'm just crazy. thinking. I'm just thinking ahead to you know what's the next thing that Brady's going to take. Based on the based on those videos from his little draft room, he lives very within his means. He makes like over ten mil a year, and that looked like my you know that looked like my one bedroom apartment living room. Yeah, I, I think that all Bill cares about as a human is to dominate other human souls on the football field, and nothing else matters. And Tom's like, I'm going to even dominate Subway commercials. Right. Just Tom's like, dirty. Dirty. From yeah, the yeah, credible it, source Wikipedia, he's not married. He was divorced in 2006. Well, that answers so, that. I guess Brady can't take, take that away. Take what he had, was Wikipedia. He so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wikipedia is a, a pretty valuable source and a great future sponsor, Wikipedia. I'd love to <laughs> I'd love to do some ad reads for you. Did, uh, uh, I, wonder, I wonder when, let's see, when did Tom Brady and Giselle get married? Because that would be great if he married Giselle right after Belichick got divorced, just to throw, just to rub it in one more time. You, be, you, ch- you that check that out funny. quick. Uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to start to segue us into our next category, I, which um, is sleepers. I do have one more that we don't have to dive in too deep. I'm just going to throw this out as a Josh's crystal ball projection. Ooh. And hey. I don't really have any reason other than just a gut feeling right now, but I think Mike Davis is going to bust this year. I think they're going to end up signing somebody else at some point in time, and people are going to draft him in the sixth round, and he's not going to be doing anything for you after like week seven. So Who's out I, there to sign? I'm Are you thinking of cut, early. cuts? Early like, back? No, I'm thinking like cuts after like some of the cuts in July, August. I think they're going to end up bringing somebody in, and it's going to be you drafted him with high hopes of him as a RB3, and you're not going to end up getting anything out of him because it's going to turn into last year when everybody was, all right, Ronald Jones, and then all of a sudden you got Lenny Fournette coming in, and you don't know who to play. And I just think with their offense, it's going to be passing offense. You got a offensive minded head coach coming in, and I think they're going to be down in games and just unleashing Matt Ryan for his last couple of years. I mean, I would agree in terms of for 
dynasty. Mike Davis doesn't make a whole well, lot no, of sense. Well, no, yeah. No, not at all, but redraft-wise, redraft, I mean, Right now in redraft, he's being drafted at the, the 30th running back, and I, I just think that that's fair to take him there. Yeah, but it's sixth round. There's you got to so, see what else is out there around you, but I, I don't. Yeah. I think 30th Me running personally, back is fine I'm gonna, in, in terms of where he's being drafted. Yeah. No, like I said, I just I think people are going to be disappointed because I think somebody else is going to come in there and it's going to end up being a committee and you're not going to know who to play. And yeah, I think I I'm in the same boat. I I'm probably just not going to have Mike Davis anywhere. I'm not I'm not against it, but it's just a it's just a matter of roster construction. And are you in desperate need of Mike Davis at the moment that you'd have to draft him, or can you survive a round before you take another running back? Yep. Uh, and usually, in my case, I'm probably going to survive a round because I've already done my due diligence at running back ahead of time that I don't have to have Mike Davis. Um, let's, let's jump into sleepers so we can turn, turn on to the positive page of, of fantasy football players here. Uh, let's, let's start with Jealous. Who you got as your, your first sleeper you want to bring up today? couple guys that we're well a guy that we've touched down now this will be like the fourth or fifth time we mention him <laughs> well f gel come on tyler lockett man son of a bitch <laughs> i he's being drafted right now at that his adp right now is at 71 and we already talked about how we would have him ahead of a guy like chris godwin who's being drafted in like the low 30s lockett was the finished as the wide receiver nine last year in PPR leagues, he, you know, he will have some, you know, some boom bust games, but I think, you know, he's relatively steady Eddie. This was also last year with DK going, absolutely going off and he still finished as a top 10 wide receiver. I don't think he's, he may not finish as a top 10 guy again, but he should absolutely be picked at, you know, higher than, higher than he's being picked. We talked, like we, like I just said, we talked on about Chris Godwin we also mentioned Kenny Galladay earlier. Right now, Galladay's being picked about 25 picks higher than Lockett. I think that you, if I had to choose between those two guys, I take Lockett all day. So I don't say, again, I'm not saying treat him as a top 10 wide receiver where he finished last year, but he should definitely be drafted higher than he is right now. Yeah, I think he's being disrespected in drafts right now, like I had mentioned a little bit earlier on in the episode, just because of his inconsistency last year. I think it hurt a lot of people because he went off for a couple of games at the beginning of the season and then disappeared for a chunk of time and then just kind of popped in and out the rest of the season where I think he's going to be a receiver similar to last year. At the end of the season, you're going to look and he's going to be a top 20 wide receiver and you're just not going to know what weeks he's going to just absolutely go off on. He's similar to an Amari Cooper where Amari Cooper does the same thing. He's very inconsistent at times, but at the end of the season, he pops into that top 20 and he's somebody that wins you weeks here and there and other weeks he doesn't show up at all. But I agree that he is very disrespected right now. There's a lot of guys going in front of him that I'd rather have Tyler Lockett on my team, but He's somebody that I, like I said, you're going to have weeks where you're going to be like, well, I shouldn't have played him, but he's where you're drafting him at too. He's going to be your wide receiver two or flex spot. And the other thing too, I mean, just, just one thing before you chime in, Rick, what I do really like about the Seattle offense with him, they really like to use him in the red zone on things like bubble screens from inside the 10 and, you know, let him dance a little bit and, and, and 
he scores he scores on those quite a bit. So you've also got possibly special teams factoring in. I know that you maybe get a touchdown for him throughout the year, you know, on on returning, but it's still something. And you know, he'll have those he'll have those boom weeks where he'll go, you know, 168 two touchdowns and you know he'll get some handoffs on the ground too so i think i think i'm gonna disagree with this take and not in a big way just just a minor way i'm just looking at his stats from last year and it was it was about half of the games in which he had uh 52 yards or less on the game and in uh, let's see, it looks like all of those games he had zero touchdowns. So that means that if you started him every week, half of the weeks you would have been very disappointed and he might have contributed to you losing. Meanwhile, he has uh, one game with uh, nine for 103 touchdowns, another game with 15 for 203 touchdowns, and another game with 12 for 90 and two touchdowns. That's almost all of his fantasy points out of three weeks of the season. He had one other good week with, uh, or two other good weeks with, about 67 yards and a touchdown and that that that's the whole season right there he only scored in five separate games on a 16 week season that's i don't want to draft a guy high enough that i'm supposed to start him when i can't rely on him week in and week out to at least give me a a shot at decent production he's at least based on last year he's so boom bust that i just there's no way that i'm gonna end up with tyler lockett he may be he may be a frustrating player to own because he is kind of boom bust like that. But I think like if you can slot him in as a weekly flex play, that's where I would that's where I would like to have him ideally, not yeah. necessarily as a wide receiver one or two. That's why I said you know don't expect top ten wide receiver numbers like he did last year. Sure, but if you can put him in as you know maybe a rotational wide receiver two or a weekly flex, that's that's kind of where I would have him. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I I think I would agree too. If you if you can do it as a you know a flex when the matchup's right or when when you're feeling good about it with Lockett, that's fine to go for it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It would depend where I'm where I'm drafting and and where he falls to. But um, for me for me personally, he's not a sleeper. Uh, Josh, let's let's move on to you. Who do you got as a sleeper this season? All right, I have three wide receivers and a running back on my list. So for the sake of us, after this next comment, not talking about any more Patriots, I'm just going to get the running back out of the way. And <laughs> okay. I think Damian Harris is a sleeper. Now, a little tidbit of this information, I had put down my sleepers on, we were recording on Thursday, on Tuesday night, prior to the news coming out of camp yesterday that Damian Harris is heading above their running back one. But I just really like Damian Harris. For redraft, he's going in the seventh round. Dynasty, he's going in the tenth round, which with that news now, I expect those numbers to bump up. But Cam Newton's going to take away some of those red zone um, run rushes and everything. But once uh, Mac Jones comes in, I think Damian Harris is going to be all systems go. Now James White is still going to be their passing down running back in the passing work, but I really like Damian Harris. And that offense has shown in the past, granted it was with Tom Brady when it was in their heyday, that Sony Michelle can be an RB1. I mean, he ran wild his rookie year. And I I don't see why Damian Harris can't have a solid year like that. I, I totally agree. I, I'm... As a dynasty Damian Harris owner, I'm excited about Damian Harris. I'm glad that news came out. 
And last year, I think his his yards per carry was something like, like it was six. Insane. Yeah, it was. I think it was, was six awesome. yards per carry last year. It, he clearly has you know a grasp of how the Patriots want to run on the ground. I hope that they give him a little bit more passing game, just just a little bit. I'm not asking for a lot. And then and then mostly I would really love to see Mac Jones at quarterback so that all the goal line carries can go to him instead. But, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Joe, what do you think of Damian Harris? I don't know why you guys just assume that Mac Jones is going to take over for Cam at some point this season. We didn't. It's kind of what it sounds like. I, mean, I said you, I you hope. You guys are saying once mac jones takes over well there's reports right now out of camp that it's a 50 50 battle so that tells me that cam newton's they're <laughs> he's not not doing great to keep his starting job so. okay but we also were just shitting on him about how he looked in practice and how he's been inaccurate which make which leads me to believe and those those are reports coming from beat writers who tend to be homers that mean that leads me to believe that cam is probably he's at least gonna have that job until he I, at some point, maybe it gets turned over to Mac, but if they have any success, there's no reason that they would change over to Mac. I don't think that the Patriots, you know, they did finish the season seven and nine last year. I could see them having, you know, especially in a 17 game season, nine and a half, nine, nine to 10 wins. I think Vegas has them pegged at nine and a half. I would probably take the over on that. I think that, I think that my, my takeaway here is just that Damian Harris is a good running back. And as long as he gets the opportunity, he will produce with it. So my only question then is how much opportunity can he get? That's the I'm same hopeful. question that he faced last year, though. And, right. And, and uh, was, as and someone who fine. had him, he was he was startable at times. Right. Um, and I'm hopeful with a new quarterback, at least on the team, that at some point maybe things will change where he actually gets all that goal line work. I don't know if yeah. it's going to happen, but I hope it does. And I think he's somebody, too, that if you don't draft him, he's somebody to monitor for a potential trade deadline pickup for your team to help you in the playoff push because if you're seeing that offense successful in some ways where Cam Newton is getting some of those goal line touchdowns and running the ball in from inside the five, and all of a sudden you see Mac Jones take over. Well, they're not going to be running those same plays with Mac Jones, so that work is going to go to Damian Harris. So I think that is a player to target down the stretch because if Damian Harris is doing well with Cam Newton there, getting the yards, just not scoring the touchdowns, he's somebody that you could see a big touchdown tick in the second half of the season if Mac Jones takes over. So for Dynasty, where would you want to, where would you slot him? And these are guys that right now are being drafted ahead of Harris. Let's say Trey Sermon, Michael Carter, and uh, Chris Carson. I think that's an easy one, at least for me. I would rather have Carson, but you know, Let's just stick with those two young guys, Sermon Carter. Where would you have Harris in Dynasty? Would you have him ahead of those types of guys? No, I'd have Sermon in front. But right now, I think you had stepped away for a second, Ellis, but Damian Harris in Dynasty is being drafted in the 10th round. So that's a guy that I would like to target in the 10th round of my Dynasty draft if he's available. But I would have him, um, I would have Carter behind Harris so I would go Sermon Harris Carter I guess my only my you know we just have seen how that New England running back room goes and I think I think Harris is the most talented of the of the guys that they're going to be putting out there but I just I don't see how he's going to be getting even last year you know there were weeks where he put up duds and he never really put up too many spectacular weeks he had quite a few solid you know average good like you said Rick startable weeks but he never. He's not going to ever put up a spectacular game. 
And there's but, probably going to be games where he gets barely, where he doesn't get too many touches, especially if the Pats are down early. You know, it's going to be a James, the James White show. Yeah, with that. But Cam Newton had double digit touchdowns last year. So if he doesn't put up those numbers, where do some of those touchdowns go? I I would argue that Harris would get some of those touchdowns. That's fair. Uh, dynasty wise, I uh, generally agree. I would take the rookies first for me, and then. Also, as someone who believes in Ramondre Stevenson having a role at some point in time, uh, that that decreases Damian Harris's Ridiculous. dynasty so value a little bit for me. Um, I have both of them on my dynasty team, so I don't care who wins. But uh, yeah, what, we'll see as time goes on. But uh, let's let's move on to another sleeper here. Um, I want to touch on one that I know Josh is a fan of as well. Maybe jealous too. We'll see. Uh, that would be Mr. Gerald Everett out yep. there in seattle i am uh fresh, that was the spoiler folks yeah yeah fresh <laughs> fresh out of los angeles uh traveling with his former offensive coordinator to seattle uh where he apparently is now the uh, most knowledgeable player on the team of what the offense is so that's fun uh he's always been a very you know athletic pass catching style tight end but he played for a team that had two pretty good ones and didn't target either of them very much and now he's going to a team where he's kind of the, the the lone guy as far as being the tight end one he's got a great quarterback throwing him the ball um a team that their defense is you know average at best they're going to be throwing the ball a, a decent amount because, in part because they play in the toughest division in the um in the league in the nfc west there's just a lot of a lot of reason to believe that Gerald Everett can take that step forward given that he'll have more opportunity this year than he's ever had before uh, traveling with his coach who believes in him as a player. I just think that his value is insane right now given how low he's going. If you can make him your tight end too, that's incredible. And if you are someone who likes to wait a long time on tight ends, then he can be your your tight end one and get another similar guy to pair up with him. And, And I think you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah I, I'm just I'm just reading something yeah. that Pete Carroll said uh, mid last week that Gerald Everett will quote be a real threat in the throwing game this season. Fanciest, sweet, sweetest looking right receiver slash tight end mix that we've had. So yeah. Pete Carroll is loving him. This is you know I mean Russell Russell Wilson when he got Jimmy Graham when he got Greg Olson they were they. Both are washed up. I think Gerald Everett is hopefully going to just just now hit his stride. I struggled really mightily. So we had our dynasty draft, uh, you know, what was that? Probably a month and a half, two months ago, a month and a half ago. And I really, really struggled letting go of him so I could make room for my rookies. He was somebody that that I, you know, I picked him up early on in the offseason for the exact same reason that we're talking about. I He's very athletic he's gonna get a lot of balls he's if you can get him as your depth tight end that is a huge win yeah no i i agree with that completely i'm all in on gerald everett especially for his draft capital right now how late you can get him in redrafts and i mean even in dynasty i mean dynasty he's probably just way at the bottom you can probably both formats pick him up off waiver wires if you really wanted to but you're going to be one of those smart people listening to the show that drafts him later on in your draft but no russell wilson i mean he he loves looking at tight ends in the red zone i mean look at two years ago with will disley i mean you've got 
he was just having a phenomenal season until he was it meniscus or Achilles. And that's Disley, who Can't was, remember. I believe, undrafted, and he was mostly yeah. known as a blocking tight end. And he put up, he got a lot of receptions, got a lot of touchdowns. Russell likes yeah. to use his tight ends. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's why I'm all for it. Is I mean, Gerald Everett is a much more athletic tight end than Will Disley is, and. Yeah, I think the sky's the limit for him this year. I think he's going to be a sneaky tight end to target at the back half of your drafts, and it's definitely a sleeper right now. Um, I want to I want to quick bring up some breaking news. Not that it's super fantasy relevant, but more of a holy shit moment. Uh, as I was just looking at something, um, so uh, draft pick for the Seattle Seahawks, Tamari and Terry, uh, was indicted for felony murder of a 21-year-old woman in a 2018 gang-related mass shooting in Georgia. Uh, so if you're in a deep dynasty and you still have him on your team, it's time to drop him. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, if you, wow. if you have him, well, they did cut, the Seahawks did cut him on Wednesday. Okay, so all right, good. So if you still have him rostered, then there, obviously there's no reason for any NFL, any other NFL team to pick him up. Because he's gonna be in prison for a long time. A long time. There were there Wait, were what I, think are, it, what? I think it was like eight eight different people were charged because it was that big of you know some for some reason I don't know if I don't know the details of it. Obviously, I'm not in any sort of gang like that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, 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 not I. I got too much Wisconsin in me for that. Yeah, but, that's uh, true. Yeah, uh, if you have. For any reason, if you ever, if you had him before, just don't waste your Stop time. Stop it. Yep. This is a worse version of the uh, Antonio Brown, Cole Beasley take from last week. This is a lot <laughs> yes. worse than both of those. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's, let's on move on. Let's jump. Let, let's, let's switch, switch back to sleepers who are, uh, you know, on the rise. Um, I would like to bring up uh, Mr. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And it's hard to call sleeper status on a guy who's going in, you know, like the second or third round. Um, but what what my argument is here, and this was very apparent to me during the Super Bowl, because the Chiefs could not really do anything against the Bucks, and there were two reasons for that. One, Patrick Mahomes had no time because their offensive line was terrible, and two, they didn't even try to run the ball. They had so few carries during that game, it it was clear to Tampa Bay immediately that they weren't even going to bother trying to establish a run game. And one of those two problems has already been fixed in the in the sense that the Chiefs have revamped their O-line. It's much better both for protecting Mahomes, also for the run game. Five completely two, new guys. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a better group of guys. And, and two, they learned or at least I would hope that they learned in the Super Bowl last year that they cannot win without establishing any kind of run game. They can't just rely on Patrick Mahomes to do everything. And I think that that was the kick in the ass that the Chiefs needed, that Andy Reid needed to say, okay, I guess we have to use the run game to you know, balance our offense a little more, make the defense guess a little more often. And I think the result of that is going to be that Clyde Edwards-Alaire gets more carries, more... Uh, you know, valuable touches, red zone touches, uh, places where other teams aren't typically expecting the Chiefs to run the ball. Edwards Alaire is a great talent. We all thought last year coming in that he was, you know, potentially the top running back of the group, at least as far as landing spot and what his future potential was. Um, 
and this year he's devalued a little bit because he had a slightly down season. He didn't have as many touchdowns as you would hope from a rookie running back who's the starter. I think that the Chiefs just kind of adjust their offense a little bit this year, and Edwards Alaire is a big winner of that adjustment. That's just my take. What do you guys think? Yeah, I would agree completely with your take. I'm going to keep it short on my end because I have him in my keeper league. I kept him because I'm all in on him. I agree with every point that you made. And the other thing that I want to add is even if they are in the passing game, he's somebody that's out there for three downs. He can catch the ball and is a great receiver out of the backfield. And we saw that at times last year too. So I think like you had mentioned in the Super Bowl, they realized that they can't just rely on Patrick Mahomes. They need to have a good run game to open up the pass game even more for Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes can definitely has all the talent in the world to do and make any throw on the field that you can imagine. But they realize that in order to protect him as well, they need to revamp that line. And like you had said, it's going to open up the running game, getting uh, getting some good runs in there too with some beefing up the line. One thing just additional to consider that's going to work in, in Clyde's favor, and not that Damian Williams played a huge role in that Chiefs offense, but he's now a bear. So that's just it's just one less one less back to you know have to fight for playing time again. Not that it, not that Williams was playing a huge role, but it's something. I think yeah, that the, I, the hope when Edwards Alaire was drafted was that he would kind of for Andy Reid he would become the new version of Brian Westbrook, which is what Reid had in in Philly, obviously. So if Clyde can get it together and if they can feed him the ball, they can use him the right way in that kind of Brian Westbrook type of a type of a role. He's going to, he's going to be a boss. And again, yeah. And yeah, he did have his down weeks last year. Uh, but you know, he was a rookie. He's going into his second year. He's got one more year in that system. I think that this could be, you know, he could have a real big year coming out. Do you guys see uh Jarek McKinnon scaring him at all in the backfield? <laughs> <laughs> New addition. <laughs> Not no, particularly. I think, I think the biggest thing that's hurt any of the Chiefs running backs the last couple of years is their midseason additions. You had Lev Bell coming in last year who was just completely washed up and shouldn't have even been out there. And then, um, why am I blanking? Who was there the year before that came in again that was all washed up? Um, yeah, I, you're right. I'm, I can, I'm thinking LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, yeah. No, that's, LaShawn, that's 100%. Yeah, LaShawn yeah. McCoy. Ring so they chasers. keep bringing in these garbage guys mid-season to take away some of the running back work and it's it's just stupid just stick with Clyde Edwards Alaire Andy Reid I mean Sean Mc- LaShawn McCoy knows where to go for those rings if he is chasing he's got two <laughs> you know yeah he's doing it right yeah yeah <laughs> have a have a good statistical career and then go get the rings at the end and right. hope you get to the hall of fame <laughs> uh let's uh let's move on to another sleeper here Jell, what uh who you got as a second sleeper I got another running back uh, that's going to be, you know, he's a top 20 back. He's, and I think he should be higher. He's kind of being drafted right now in that, uh, you know, in the mid teens amongst the running backs pretty, uh, and especially for dynasty, I'm loving Joe Mixon right now. Yeah. Like I said, right now he's going at six as the 16th drafted back right after Clyde. Uh, and I really see, you know, something that goes unnoticed with Mixon, he's still only 24 years old. Feels like he's been in the league forever. He's still it's only crazy. 24. So he's got another, you know, five, hopefully five or so years of, of sweet, you know, RB1, RB2 type of, type of production in him. 
The other thing that they said that came out the other day directly from uh, one of their offensive coaches is that this is probably going to be the biggest workload that Mixon has in you know his entire year or in his entire career this year will be his you know his largest workload. Obviously, that's awesome news, and I'm sure that part of that is because Burrow's coming off that knee. So they're gonna want to feed. They're gonna want to feed the backs, help protect Burrow till that offensive line gets a little bit more built up. Till Burrow gets better at, you know, being able to feel out defenses, defensive lines, you know, feeling out the pocket. So I think they're really gonna they're gonna feed Mixon, and you know, the return of of Burrow's great. The addition of Chase is great. Just one you know one additional weapon that defensive coordinators have to prep for. I. I guess the only issue potentially that that I have with him is his ability or lack thereof of staying healthy. But when he's on the field, he always puts up sweet numbers and he's not as much of a guaranteed injury I don't think as, you know, some of the guys we mentioned before, Will Fuller, etc. But I right now he's going as that 16th uh 16th running back. I have him ahead of guys, you know, one name is just Antonio Gibson. I like Mixon over Gibson, uh, but that's not ev- that everybody doesn't feel that way. But that's how I, uh, that's where I sit on Mixon. Josh, how you feeling? I like Joe Mixon. I think you touched on it. L is just is he going to stay healthy? I mean, that he struggled last year. I think he played what one game and kept teasing that he was going to be back. He was going to be back and let a bunch of managers down. And he never ended up coming back onto the field. I mean, depth-wise, all you have behind him is Chris Evans, Captain America. So, I mean, Joe Mixon's going to be out there and getting a huge workload. You got Joe Burrow learning the offense his second year in. He's coming off of an injury, but I think you're going to see him step up more um, after he learns the offense. But I I like Joe Mixon. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Al, just where he's being drafted. He's definitely somebody you can grab in the late second, early third round that could have potential to be a top seven, top five running back for you this year. I totally agree with you, Jalis, on every point here. I love Joe Mixon this year. I think he's a perfectly fine pick in dynasty right now i think he's undervalued because he's always hurt and everyone knows that he's always hurt so if he can survive without getting hurt anymore because technically players aren't supposed to be injury prone according to doctors they say that that's not a thing injury prone is not real and i'd love to believe news yeah i I, you know it seems like it's pretty real with some of these guys will (laughs) fuller uh but yeah i i'm very hopeful that he can put together a whole healthy season and i totally agree with everything about that that being the case let's move on josh hit me with a sleeper um we're gonna throw another guy that's been very injury prone his entire career but i have my fingers crossed he's gonna stay healthy this year he had a monster rookie season catching 11 touchdown passes currently he's being drafted and redraft in the middle of the 11th round and in dynasty the back end be back into the eighth round, beginning to the ninth round, and that's wide receiver Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. So I I absolutely love Mike Williams, just a monster target. Herbert's coming off of a monster year. I see big things for that offense, and I think he's going to step into that wide receiver two role and could potentially – I mean, Keenan Allen's a great wide receiver, so not knocking him at all, but I think you're going to start to see him him start climbing a little bit towards Keenan Allen numbers as well. Um, not 
overpassing Keenan Allen this year, but I think you're going to see that climb as long, again, as long as he can stay healthy, but where he's going in drafts right now, I'm, I'm all in on taking that chance on him because he could end up being somebody that you could end up being your wide receiver too, or somebody you can put into your flex spot every week. Yeah, I mean, Keenan Allen's 29 and he's, you know, he does, hasn't dealt with as many injuries these past couple years that he did earlier on his earlier in his career. And Keenan's still an absolute monster, but the thing I have with Mike Williams, I feel like we're, we've all been waiting for him to have his breakout year. And for some reason, it just hasn't happened. I mean, coming out of Clemson, he looked like a no-brainer, going to be an absolute stud. For some reason, he doesn't seem to put up completely studly numbers. I hope this is the year, this is hopefully the year that he can be, you know, have that breakout year. And this is his fourth or fifth year in the league, so it's about time if it's going to happen. He's got a, but he's also got Justin Herbert, the best QB he's had in his career based on the way that Herbert looked last year. I mean, he had Philip Rivers who put up a nice career, but he had him at the end of Rivers' career. I think I mean, I I agree. I see I think there's a lot of hope for Williams to have a breakout year. I've just been waiting for it to happen for the last two or three and it hasn't. So that's my only hesitation, but I but I know the potential's there. The skill set's there, the size is there. So I think it yeah. I, as long as it it's just, it's got to happen. And now is, a, there's no better time than now for that breakout season to happen. And I think it, it just, like we touched on, it's health. Is, can he stay healthy and on the field? Because when he's on the field, he's productive. Right. But it's, he's just had a hard time staying healthy. Uh, two things I want to add here. I First, I agree with both of you in your separate takes in that he's he's lined up for an improved season and is certainly a sleeper. Health is the problem. Uh, Joe Lombardi, the new offensive coordinator for the Chargers, uh, believes this will be a big season for Mike Williams because of the style of offense that he's bringing over from New Orleans. He thinks that Mike Williams fits in perfectly with that and is going to end up having a big season because of it. Uh, I certainly agree with that. And also, as someone who actually watched all of the Chargers games last year, Mike Williams... Legally. uh, Very legally uh, watched all of the games of the Chargers last year. Mike Williams, it was... Uh, he he has it. He, he's got it on the field when they throw to him. He is uh, absolutely dominant at contested catches. That's part of why he gets hurt a lot is because he goes up and then he forgets that he has legs and then he doesn't, he doesn't land on those legs. Uh, hopefully, this new offense that Joe Lombardi is going to install will have him doing less uh, leaping 50 yards downfield and landing on his back and more uh, you know, catching and then running with the ball a little bit more often to keep him healthy and give him a whole ton of production because he is a good-ass receiver who cannot stay on the field. I think that this year he has a good shot to put it together for most of a season and give you some good numbers in return. Well, if, if, if Lombardi's going to be running the same system that he did in New Orleans, we saw what Michael Thomas did two years ago. Yeah. There's no, I mean, if, they, if he puts Mike Williams in that Michael Thomas-type role where he's going to put up, he's going to get, you know, he'll have... Michael Thomas was having weeks where he was getting 15 catches, you know, multiple weeks in that season, yep. 15 catches, a couple touchdowns and getting over that century mark on a nearly weekly basis. So if, if he plays that type of role, I think Mike Williams does have the talent. Like I said, it's just a matter of him staying on the field, getting the opportunity and being used in a more appropriate way. Yeah. Yep. Totally agree. Uh, let's jump into another sleeper here. I want to bring up Cooper Cup. Uh, I had 
personally kind of forgotten about Cooper Cup for a little while because I didn't have him last season. Um, looking back at the stats, certainly last year was a down year, and that's why I'm putting him in the sleeper category. Um, doing a little research, it sounds like he had uh, knee bursitis all last season no. that he was dealing with. Uh, not only that, he was Bless dealing you. with Jared Goff. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was dealing with knee problems and quarterback problems. And now both of those are fixed going into this season with Matt Stafford and healthy knees. Uh, if we look at, you know, the years when Cooper Cup was healthy and uh, playing in a functional passing offense, he was pretty dominant in terms of getting lots of catches, lots of touchdowns. He just knows how to get open. Uh, he might not be your, you know, deep down the field threat, but that doesn't really matter if you catch 10 touchdowns a year and you get plenty of catches along the way to give you, you know, your 100-yard games along the way. I, I think that we're going to return to Cooper Cup dominance this year. And in, in those years where he's been really good, you know, during the healthy stretches, he's like the wide receiver five at those times for many weeks on end, and then he gets hurt, and then he falls down the ranks again. So if he can just string together a healthy season with Matt Stafford, he's definitely being underdrafted right now if he can do that. So that's that's my thought there. You guys got any uh, agreement, disagreements there? No, I I agree with that. I mean, Cooper Cup, where he's being drafted right now, he's kind of forgotten, and he's somebody that puts up solid, consistent numbers every year. You got Stafford in there, which is an upgrade over Jared Goff, as long as Stafford can stay on the field. I, I agree. I think Cooper Cup is poised to go back to his old form again this year. So this brings me to the question that I always have, that I'm sure many fantasy owners have, and it's his teammate Robert Woods. Robert Woods. Every Bob single trees. damn year. It's like they're they're paired right next to each other. And it's the same this year in both redraft and in and in uh and in Dynasty, particularly in Dynasty. Where do you, I guess where, you know, I've always been more of a Cooper Cup fan than Robert Woods, but I know Rick, you've had your hard-ons for Woods before. So where do you where do you sit between Cup and and Bobby? Well, certainly in Dynasty is Cooper Cup. And in redraft, this year, it's still Cooper Cup. Um, I definitely like both of them. And Robert Woods is quietly one of the most consistent receivers out there that you can have on a fantasy team because year after year, he just churns out a 1,000-plus yards and, I don't know, six touchdowns on average or something like that. It's it's very consistent and easygoing with Robert Woods. Cooper Cup is, is the guy that, when he's on the field, he has a chance to actually be dominant which is not really Robert Woods' game. For that reason, both Redraft and Dynasty, I would take Cooper Cup this season. Yeah, Robert Woods is always somebody, too, that, like you had mentioned with Cooper Cup, you just kind of forget about every year, and he quietly puts up those wide receiver two numbers every year. And like you had touched on Ellis, they always seem to be right around the same part in the draft where historically I've just been too scared to plant my flag with one and I pivot to somebody else because I don't I don't want to make the wrong choice there. And But no, I, I agree with Eric's take on that. I like Cooper Cup in both redraft and dynasty for this year with Stafford there. Yep, I'm in the same, same boat, same boat. Awesome. Uh, any other sleepers you fellas want to bring up before we wrap up today? You got any gel? I got I got a couple more. There's just one okay. guy that I wanna that I wanna go over real quick, and it's solely because he's gonna be the main dude in Detroit, and that's uh Amon Ross St. Brown. He really yeah, has no other baby. competition here. Uh, it, Quintez. He's got Quintez Cephas. That's it. 
Uh, and and then obviously the, and obviously good hot, old syphilis, but <laughs> syphilis, syphilis testing, testing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got. A, I mean, it's it's Hawk and Cephas, and and then it's Saint Brown. I mean, unless they're going to be whipping the ball around to Jamal Williams out wide, Tyrell Williams, very possible. Swift is probably going to get more receptions this year than last year, but still, Saint Brown's going to fall into that. Start one of those starting wide receiver roles. There's just nobody else left on that team. So, just I just wanted to touch on him real quick. He's being drafted right now at the as the 61st wide receiver. That's, I mean, I, I would have him. I would have him plenty higher than that. Just just for awareness' sake, the other two contending wide receivers are Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perriman. I. Definitely value Amon Ross St. Brown over Yuck, both of them. Absolutely. Uh, in Dynasty, it's really, really not close. And in Redraft, I would still take Amon Ra over both of them anyway. Uh, Josh, do you have any take differing on this? No, no, I'm spot on with that. You can, you guys can have uh, whoever wants Tyrell and <laughs> yeah. yeah, let, let yeah. anybody yeah. else no. take those yeah. guys. I'm let someone else do it. it. Nope. Yeah, I'm done absolutely. With Especially for dynasty purposes too. I think he's going to be a stud and yeah, you might be disappointed with him this year, but it's just going to be the lions in general. You're going to be disappointed with, so it's not going to, oh, you be might not get, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that St. Brown's going to lead to wins for the Lions. No, yeah, but they could help. Right. The fans yeah. To win. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and you know, give it a year or two whenever this lions rebuild hits a new quarterback, things could go even better for Amon Ra because he is the one guy who's still going to be there for sure when that time comes um let's uh let's move on josh you had you had another one ready to go yeah so this guy wide receiver is currently being drafted in the middle of your 14th round in redraft leagues um really love the reports coming out of camp this week that emmanuel sanders is looking good to be the wide receiver too because that is going to push gabriel davis down even further in your drafts to go and get I really like Gabriel Davis this year to take a step up and move into that wide receiver two role, beat out Emmanuel Sanders. Quietly last year in his rookie season, he had 35 catches for just under 600 yards and seven touchdowns. Touchdowns probably are going to stay around the same, but I think yardage-wise is going to go up. You saw the Buffalo Bills offense last year take a huge step up with Josh Allen. And I I just like Gabriel Davis this year. He's a big target. They targeted him in the red zone when they got close and made some big plays. And I think he'll be somebody that you could take a little flyer on at the end of your draft. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't have too much to say beyond that. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders does always seem to be... Screwing you know, everyone else? Yeah. Like, <laughs> all, wherever he goes, it's he's he's just kind of a little pest. He's like a little bug that just gets in the way. But... uh <laughs> but I think Gabriel Davis being just given that he's that much younger, given that Sanders is getting up, you know, a lot more up there in age. I could see, I mean, beyond what you I don't really have much beyond what you said there, there, Josh. As someone who in a dynasty league picked up and held on to Gabe Davis last season, I was very pumped about that pickup and excited going into the season. Now the, you know, the sad reality there is that after our rookie draft, I had to drop Gabe Davis because I have a deep wide receiver core and I didn't have a choice and Josh picked him up. Sure instead. did. Uh, so <laughs> I'm fully on board with your take on Gabe Davis. I decided to, you know, keep a player like Deami Brown or something instead, uh, hoping for the home run rather than the uh, safe double that is Gabe Davis. 
Um, so yeah, I, I love that pick. Uh, any any other uh, sleepers you fellas want to want to bring up? I I do have one more. If anybody else has one, I'll let you jump in front since I just had one. But go for it. Have one. All right. Um, this is another guy going in the 14th round that I personally got to watch a lot of last year, being a diehard Bears fan. That Darnell I am. Mooney. Darnell Mooney. That Nailed is it. the guy that I'm going to talk about because I fully expect him. He was pretty much their wide receiver too last year. He looked phenomenal at times with kissing titties, kissing titties as the quarterback throwing him the ball. And Andy Dalton, I think, has a lot better accuracy than Mitch Trubisky. I expect Justin Fields to have a lot better accuracy. And I can't tell you how many times watching games last year, I'd see Mitch Trubisky drop back in the pocket, looking deep, chucks the ball 40, 50 yards down the field. You see Darnell Mooney beating his defender by 10 yards and the ball goes 30 yards past Darnell (laughs) Mooney. So... If they can hit him in stride, I expect huge things. I think he can be somebody that spreads the field, could catch the deep balls, give you that 80-yard touchdown pass, 60-yard touchdown um, well, reception, catching the 60-yard touchdown pass. Right. But I I fully expect him to take a step up this year. Um, and he's somebody, like I said, in redraft. You can get him late in your draft, take a flyer on him as well. And I think regardless of the quarterback, he should have – little bit of an uptick in his production from last year yeah i totally agree jelly you got any thoughts there i just know that it's gonna be i you know alan robinson's gonna obviously be that that wide yeah 100 percent, no question but mooney showed that he deserves that that second wide receiver role and he'll he'll get it i mean he showed plenty of flash last year especially later in the year that once he was able to get the ball in his hands from, you know, the few times that it happened with Mitch, uh, that he's, you know, can be a special player. So I'm, I'm on board with that, especially that late in your, especially that late in your drafts. Don't go nuts and draft him in, you know, in the, t- you know, first 10 rounds. But if you can get him in, you know, somewhere later than that, I'm, I'm all on board with that. Absolutely. Uh, in that case, let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. Uh, you guys got any plugs before, before we, Put the no, show to bed? No, just that follow us, subscribe. Typically, our episodes are coming out Tuesday, so you can expect to see that continuing. Might ramp it up a little bit once the season starts, but make sure you subscribe. It will give you that notification so you can uh, listen to us in your ear holes. And, uh, no. I, I'm glad that Josh, uh, he clarified Talked what you about meant by plugs. I wasn't sure if you meant, like, <laughs> plugs for drugs, plugs for, uh, you know, prostitutes uh you know anything else that you pay for uh thought that's maybe where you're going with that but i guess i guess i'll i'll leave that alone and that's i'll keep that to myself uh rick how many of those uh drinks did you pound through like four or five or so you think well i don't i don't know how much i saw you eating the berries out of the glass (laughs) yeah the the berries taste like rum and i don't know how much rum i poured in the glass because you know the berries kind of disguise how much but it was it was definitely you know at least three shots worth is in the glass. Maybe more. I'm not sure. I'm kind of lit right now. I'll be honest. <laughs> a baby. I hope, uh, hey, I hope uh, you are drinking that same thing next week. <laughs> I probably will be. One same plug or one plug I do need to get in there. Instagram, Twitter, like I said earlier, at Dead Arm Sports, hashtag DAS. Hit up those DMs. We'll get back to you. 
and and just make sure subscribe rate review on now on apple podcasts or on spotify Absolutely. whatever you listen to so just need, just need to get that in there as well and one more plug i'm going to say too is if you're listening you have a question about your team or dynasty team um redraft if your draft's coming up you have any questions for us shoot us a dm on any of our socials and we're more than happy we'll uh look at that and could even answer it on one of our podcasts for you. So don't be afraid to send us any questions you have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and see, this is why I paused for plugs. Uh, Cause we had some, plug it in, uh, we, plug it in. we are, <laughs> we are definitely happy to fill your ear holes. Uh, and yeah, if you have questions, feel free to just text me, you know, if you have my number, <laughs> because it's eight, point, six, seven, five, three Oh nine. At, at this point in time, most of our listeners have my phone number. So feel free to just drop me a text message uh, if you'd like <laughs> to submit a question that way as well. Um, thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll we'll catch you next week. Uh, we're going to ne- next week. We'll be diving into what we consider to be our uh, dynasty fantasy dream teams where we kind of, you know, match up. ADP with who we would love to have at every one of those spots in a draft to just sort of talk about what that ideal strategy falls for each of us individually and the players we like. So it should be a fun one. Uh, we will uh, catch you one on the next one. One final plug. For- Happy wedding week, <laughs> Rick. Happy wedding what? week. Oh, thank Whoop. you. We'll all yes, be there. It's yes. going to be a damn joy. Yeah, the uh, the next episode you hear, I will uh, have a ring on my finger at that time. So uh, woot woot. Yeah. Congrats, man. All right. All right. Thanks for joining us, y'all. We'll catch you on the next one.